Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Kriptendruck Stock Market News. Today is Thursday, the 20th of April, 2023. Sit back, relax and enjoy today's episode. Today we got some exciting data indicating that the labor market is starting to cool down. According to the Financial Times, the US unemployment aid rose slightly more than expected in the month of April. At the same time, we got some disappointing earnings today that I will quickly touch upon. AT&T, according to Bloomberg, reported free cash flow in the first quarter that was below expectations, and at the same time, the company added fewer subscribers than a year earlier. Free cash flow was $1 billion, while Wall Street predicted a free cash flow of $3.02 billion. However, AT&T has reported that they expect free cash flow to increase again in the second half of the year and the company should be able to meet or even exceed its annual target. In addition to that, American Express reported that they set aside more money to cover loans. According to Bloomberg, the CEO of American Express, Steve Squarey, said in a statement that, quote, Our customers have been resilient thus far in the face of slower macroeconomic growth, elevated inflation and higher interest rates. That said, we are mindful of the mixed signals in the external environment, end of quote. The two banks, TRUIST Financial Corp. and Fifth Third Bank Corp. said that their deposits remained stable. Because of unemployment aid rising slightly higher than expected and some disappointing earnings, stocks have been down today and bond yields fell significantly as well. However, despite the data we got today, the CEO of Blackstone is joining other banks like BlackRock and JP Morgan in the belief that the market is overestimating the chance of Fed rate cuts this year. The Financial Times reported today today that the CEO of Blackstone said regarding potential economic weakness, quote, It is possible we could see a further incident, but I do not think there is a systemic problem because we don't have a systemic credit problem, end of quote. JP Morgan and BlackRock believe that the recent events in the banking sector, especially the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, are not enough to convince the Fed not to keep rates at a higher level for longer. In my opinion, when we look at the broad economic data, we are seeing the economy cool down, but some data, especially the most recent labor market report, shows that the economy is still very resilient. And given that data, I believe the Fed has to keep rates higher for longer in order to bring inflation back to the 2% target. BlackRock, for example also believes that we should not read too much into the recent inflation print, but should look at the labor market instead as an indicator of underlying inflation pressure. The problem with reading too much into the most recent inflation data is when you look at headline inflation, then you see a significant decrease, but then you move on to the core, which excludes the volatile food and energy prices, and you realize that not a a lot of progress has been made. Like Christopher Waller said, the governor of the Fed, um, he said that we have not made significant progress on core inflation yet. So I believe the Fed definitely has to keep rates at a higher level for longer than is currently priced in by markets until the Fed knows that inflation is indeed on a sustainable downward trajectory. 
Another interesting story that I'm watching right now is the fact that money market funds have reported the largest weekly outflow since 2020. The Financial Times report that almost $69 billion flowed out of US money market funds during the week ending April 19th. In my opinion, this is simply a response to the overall earnings from US banks that we got this week and last week. Just think about the significant drop we saw in treasury yields after the shutdown of Silicon Valley Bank. Investors were really worried that this is the beginning of another banking crisis and hence they fled to uh, safer investment options such as treasuries for example. However, then we did not get any new bad news basically from the banking sector and the recent earnings reports from US banks. For example, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, JP Morgan. These reports show that we are indeed not in a banking crisis. Mohamed el a very renowned economist, believes that the events in the banking sector are not an indication of a banking crisis, but instead the collapse of SVB, for example, simply is a banking tremor. Hence, it makes complete sense that we are now seeing significant outflow um, out of market money funds um, because the significant fall we have seen in treasury yields after um, the collapse of SVB, which has basically basically been an overreaction. Um, because obviously we're not seeing a banking crisis, but but more a banking tremor. We also got some comments today from Fed officials that I will quickly take a look at. The president of the Cleveland Fed, Loretta Mesta, said today, according to Bloomberg, that she supports another rate hike, but she did mention the fact that we would watch that we should watch recent bank stress, which could cause credit issues and hence a significant dampening of the economy. So it is important to keep a close eye on that and just another indication of how data-dependent the Fed truly is. Chris Sainek from Wolf's Research put it very nicely today. He said that, according to Bloomberg, if the Fed stays on its current course, the broad financial conditions will continue to tighten and the economy should then decelerate into a recession which of course would put downward pressure on equities. However, if the Fed backs off too soon, before being certain that inflation is indeed on a sustainable path toward 2%, then, quote, the ultimate pain will likely be much worse between 12 and 24 months down the road, end of quote. Now, at this point, I would like to talk about a conversation that Mohamed Elerian had today with Jonathan Farrow on the TV show Bloomberg The Open. Elerian believes that the Fed will hike in May, then pause, and then we are faced with the question if we have a Fed that is anchored to a strategy or if we have a, quote, flip-flopping Fed. He believes that the Fed should get anchored to a certain strategy. We seem to live in a world with deficient. Uh, we seem to live in a world um, of deficient aggregate supply. Irian states that the supply side of the economy is not as elastic as it used to be due to, for example, political issues, transitioning issues, and companies looking for more resilience. And if you are if you are anchored by the by the view um, that we are living in a world of deficient aggregate supply, then you will take a different approach to interest rates and. The significant moves in the two-year yield are basically a representation of the fact that the Fed is too data-dependent and not strategically anchored to to something. For example, the belief of living in a world of uh, 
um, deficient aggregate supply. And I, I basically completely agree with uh, Elerian at, at this point. This data dependency of the Fed is projecting a lot of uncertainty. We do live in an uncertain environment, of course, but if you are projecting such data dependency, then you will have incredible volatility, especially in the two-year treasury yield, which makes cash management very hard. I also agree that we are now in a world of deficient aggregate supply, which means that you must get aggregate demand and supply into equilibrium again. Um, obviously, the Fed cannot uh, really uh, affect the supply side of the economy, but it has a lot of power over the aggregate demand. Um, so getting that back into equilibrium can only be achieved if, if the Fed does keep rates at a higher level for longer. The consumer still remains incredibly resilient at the moment and the labor market is too tight. In addition to that, uh, debit and credit card spending is still growing faster than inflation. Hence, in my opinion, it is crucial that the Fed keeps rates higher for longer in order to truly ensure that inflation is on a sustainable downward trajectory toward the 2% target. Last but not least, we will take a look at how the market performed on Tuesday, on Thursday, the 20th of April. The S&P 500 finished the trading day in the red by around six tenths of a percent at 4,129.79. The Nasdaq 100 was down by 0.78% at 12,985.98. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average finished in the red as well by 0.3% at 33,789.62. The 10-year Treasury yield fell by 7 basis points to 3.534%. Energy is the losing sector today. We are seeing a decrease in, in energy uh, futures especially, uh, um, and as well as the real estate and technology sectors. Those are also uh, basically the, the losing sectors of, today's, of, of uh, Thursday's trading day. Now, consumer staples and transportations are the winners of Thursday's trading day. And that is it for today's stock market coverage. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have a great evening and see you in Friday's stock market coverage. Have a great evening.